South Carolina wasn't the worst team in the SEC, but boy, were they close last season. But in the first year of a new coach and a complete rebuild, that's understandable. So in year two of Lamont Paris's rebuild of the Gamecocks, what steps has this team taken forward? And how much more competitive will the Gamecocks be this season? Maddie, what are your thoughts? Well, we've definitely seen Coach Paris making moves to improve things down in Columbia. It's certainly going to take some time. Like the once great Kanye West said, this week he mopping floors, next week it's a fries. The come up takes time, but I feel like with this program, it's going to grow into something special. Yeah, given recent comments, I think Kanye West is probably mopping some floors somewhere right now. Probably not. Why said once yeah. great? <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, a new season is on the horizon today. We are talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks and what year two looks like under Paris today on the Hoop Southbound Show. We are in the Home Field Apparel studio where they know college. Check out their awesome team outfits and let everyone know that you're part of a team, but they can also make you stand out from the crowd today. So... Use promo code Variety Sports and get a little bit off. Maddie, let's play a little bit of buy or BS on this South Carolina team. We've got some intriguing thoughts on it, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. And as always, we'll throw our prompts back and forth. By the way, viewers, Colin Taylor could not join us because he's no longer working for Gamecock Central and is no longer covering the South Carolina Gamecocks. So my apologies, my apologies to you guys um, for that, but he informed us that he's no longer there. So kind of last second, we're spearheading this on our own all right so buyer bs no matter what happens this season we will see a much improved carolina team you know i think i'm gonna buy that one not just because of the talent they had some good talented players last year but they brought in a lot of talent they've had some solid recruits and i feel like lamont paris is starting to get into a rhythm down there so you know those players uh mainly michi johnson uh down in South Carolina are going to be more committed to the program. And once you have players that are there ready to play for this coach, the people that come in are going to be more willing to, to buy into it. I'm, I'm also, I'm with you on that. Like I definitely think that South Carolina is going to be an improved basketball team, no matter where they end up in the sec standings this year. Um, yeah. Obviously there is some, you know, year two, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. They don't look to be the best in the SEC by any means. But overall, I still think this conference as a whole got better. And South Carolina got better, too. It's just a question, really, of how much better. All right, David, I've got one for you. Stephen Clark will be the leading scorer for the Gamecocks this season. Woo! I mean, it's it's a good guess, right? You know, you've got Stephen Clark, 16.3 points per game there at the Citadel. And this in the conference that he played in was not really a joke. That's a That's a decent, you know field there he's coming out of South Carolina but when I look at this South Carolina team I'm looking at Michi Johnson got back from NBA elite camp he knows the steps that he's got to take to get better coming into the season average 12.7 points per game under year one for Lamont Paris so I think he's going to continue to get better as we see he's one of the players I got circled uh, as a possible points per game leader and then I'm also looking at uh, someone else uh, BJ Mack from Wolford uh, another player coming out of the SoCon, very talented. That's a better league than what people understand who may not be in the mid-major basketball. Like, that's a good conference. Uh, and seeing him put up 16.6 points a game is something to be optimistic about. 
Uh, and he's also a decent three-point shooter. Granted, not elite, but about 33% behind the arc. So he's another guy that I have circled for a possible points per game later. So I think there's a couple of guys on this team that could go for that. So I'm going to sell this and BS it and say that Stephen Clark won't be it, but he'll be among the best on this team for sure. Yeah, I could see that for sure. You know, we talked about the improvement and the steps that South Carolina made. So I think there's definitely a lot of potential and it's going to be something that's up for grabs. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of that potential, my last prompt. South Carolina will make the NIT this season. Oh, I think I am going to BS on that one. I would too. <laughs> Mainly because while we do think that they've made steps toward improvement, I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains here this season. You know, I'm seeing maybe 13 or 14 wins on the season, which we'll get a little into later on. But I don't think NIT is in the future for the 23-24 season. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that 10 or 11 SEC teams may make something of a um, postseason. Like, I think there's, like, let me rephrase that. There's 10 to 11 teams that I think could be, have postseason potential south carolina is not one of the teams that i got on there uh now could they surprise us all and show their improvement yeah they got some guys with some good numbers on this team um but like again as i keep emphasizing everybody got better this season uh so it's it's a difficult road for south carolina to go down to make their way into any kind of postseason field um and that's still not a bad thing for year two i think under year three is when you're going to be asking the question when is lamont paris going to make a postseason uh appearance so Right now, yeah, I, I get you. I'm with you. I would sell that as well and be as it. All right, let's dive in our players to watch on this South Carolina team. Maddie, let's start with you. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, there's plenty of guys with some good stats on this team. So let's hear who you got. Definitely. You know, I kind of went back and forth on my decision, but it's someone with a familiar face down in South Carolina and Michi Johnson, oftentimes overlooked due to the Top man on the roster last year, Michi was a solid second man that had several fantastic games. And I think it's very possible to see him transition, kind of being that leader of Paris's program. Um, you know, last season we saw him average 12.7 points a game, 3.6 assists, and 3.7 rebounds. He also led the Gamecocks in their first win at Kentucky in 14 years. So I don't think he's going to shy away from having the spotlight a little bit and, you know, I think with, I don't want to say the missing piece of a leader there, I think he is going to be able to step up and, like I said, kind of lead others and guide them through the way Lamont Paris does things because there are so many new faces there in South Carolina. Yeah, it's it's a year or two continuance, right? Like, you know, Michi Johnson's coming back to this team. He's been, he was one of the better players on this team. So I, I definitely get what you're getting at is that, yeah, he's probably, I expect him to be a leader on this team. Uh, he's got seniority. He's been under the system with Lamont Paris. So like, yeah, I'm with you. Michi Johnson sounds like a dude that should be playing some big time basketball. And I, I'm a hundred percent there. Um, I, I definitely expect him to be the leader, um, not necessarily in a statistical category, a hundred percent. Like I was talking about the scoring stuff earlier. He may lead them in scoring, but I think he's going to be a leader on this team, if not the guy. Um, I think, you know, Lamont Paris will look to him a lot as someone who has the experience in the system. So totally get what you're coming from. Uh, so for me, I'm going back to my trend and I'm picking a newcomer. So uh, yeah, here we go. An in-state newcomer in that I am rocking with BJ Mack. Transfer from Wolford. I'm a big fan of SOCOM basketball. 
And Wolford was a very good team last season. Uh, you might remember them in that Texas A&M game. I, I'm a I'm a big fan. And uh, Mac was first team all SoCon last season. Very talented player. He played in 85 games at Wolford and started in 69 of them. He averaged 14.1 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, and 1.5 assists per game. Started all 32 games. Uh, there in the 2022-2023 season and averaged 16.6 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 1.4 assists. So it's fair to say, again, as I emphasize, the SOCON was a good conference. So against decent competition, he was putting up double-digit points every night and five rebounds. That's great. Like Those are those are statistics that you need to continue to put your program forward. I think BJ Mack is a great addition to South Carolina. Plenty of experience and a ton of potential. Keep an eye on him this season. Also, best picture I've ever seen in a newspaper. Things look, thing looks like he's doing his uh, first photo shoot as a baby model. I, I'm putting that thing on the screen for everyone so they know it exists and it is out there in the world. And why that picture's up, let's turn to the front court, Maddie. I've already talked about BJ Mack, but what else do you see in this front court this season? You know, the main thing um, that kind of puts me on edge about this front court is it's definitely a small ball team. The backcourt heavily outweighs the front. I think, you know, our highlights to look for, as you mentioned, David, BJ Mack shows real potential with the squad and also see potential in Josh Gray, who is the tallest on the team at seven foot. The only other person over 6'10", I believe. Teeny um, tiny. Teeny yeah. tiny uh, front court. <laughs> Um, yeah, you got yeah. BJ Mack. Yeah, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? Did you have more thoughts? Oh, no, I was just going to mention, you know, Josh Gray, thankfully, averages 6.2 rebounds. It sounds like he is going to have to up that productivity there um, with the smallest the team is. Yeah, let's look at this front court, though, really fast, because you're right. There's not as much like front court presence. This is going to be a much smaller team in the SEC. But let's let's take a look at what they got. BJ Mack, graduate. Stephen Clark, graduate. Um, Benjamin Bosman Verdonk, uh, senior. And then Josh Gray, senior. So you got a lot of experienced guys coming into this uh, into this team. And like when you look at that transfer list and you look at the players and what they average, yeah, we talked about BJ Mack, 16.6 points per game. Uh, and then you're talking about Stephen Clark, 16.3 points a game, six and a half rebounds a game. Uh, you know, totally solid there. Uh, then looking at the return of Justin, or Josh Gray, seven-footer, he's the biggest guy on this team. 4.3 points per game and six rebounds. So you got a lot of guys who could rebound in this front court. That was the point I was trying to make. I, if I <laughs> could stay on the right page of my notes here for crying out loud. Um, but yeah, you got a lot of guys who can average five, six rebounds a game. And that's exciting. And that's something that you definitely need if you're going to be playing some small ball out there because no offense to your other guards, but they're not probably going to rip down as many rebounds. And this is going to be a decent rebounding league in the SEC. So I, for that perspective, I like it. For the depth perspective, not a fan of that. But as a small ball team, this isn't bad in the front court. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I really think they're going to have to play quick transitional basketball. Um, so they really don't have to combat too much in the paint, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we've talked about the front court. Let's talk about the back court. How do you see it, Maddie? All right. I mean, this backcourt has some great pieces and a few guys we've already talked about. I mentioned Michi Johnson earlier. We have transfer Miles Stute, who played really well at the end of the year, especially last season in Vanderbilt. And we have a newcomer in Morris Ugusuk. I think the additions um, and added depth here is really going to help South Carolina continue their pattern of growth that we saw last season. 
Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You're getting um, you're getting Dibba back from injury. Uh, then you got Murray Burles, who's a freshman. He may was in the top one hundred four star. He may make a contribution. We'll see. Um, you know, you got Cooper nine point four points per game. Uh, then you talked about Stude. Yeah, he's he was a big loss for South or not for South Carolina, but for Vanderbilt when he came to South Carolina. You know, eight point four points per game, four point six rebounds, and shot thirty six percent from the floor from three. Um, you know, he's he's going to be missed on that Vanderbilt team with him coming to South Carolina, and it's definitely a game for them. Uh, and then you know we've also talked about Michi Johnson, experience, been in the system. He knows how things are going to work on this team. So yeah, it's it's not a bad backcourt. Um, I, I don't have it amongst the elite or anything like that in the SEC, but it, it's not the liability on this team by any means. And they may win some basketball games you don't expect because of this backcourt this season. Um, that This is going to be, I think, star-studded space uh, for the Gamecocks come this season. All right, so we've talked about the backcourt. We've talked about the front court. Let's turn to the schedule and put this thing on the floor. Carolina starts out their season with SC Upstate. Don't think we see a problem here. So let's go ahead and turn to the first big game where South Carolina will be in Charlotte to play Virginia Tech. That's also with a doubleheader where Florida will be playing Virginia. So, Maddie, thoughts on the Tech-South Carolina game? You know, we've talked about Georgia or Virginia Tech in a previous episode, um, kind of mid-tier in their conference, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good competition for South Carolina, but... And am I thinking it's going to be an upset? I think they might get their first L and have a one and one record here. Yeah, I, I'm feeling the L, but, you know, it, it is the middle of the pack of the ACC. I think Rothstein has them. I can't remember. We've talked about them several times, but if memory serves me correctly. Right there in that middle round nine or eight, somewhere around there. Um, and then, you know, in Kim Palm, Kim Palm just came out yesterday. Uh, Virginia, or if you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, it'll be Sunday, but whatever. Uh, numbers, they are the number 65 team in Kempom. Now, granted, Kempom does have some flaws in its preseason put together because they're basing a lot of things on trend from last season as well, but they are expected to be somewhere in the top 80, um, you know, where they'll probably be at. So I'm, I'm getting the vibe that, that Virginia Tech might win this game. It's going to be a tough fought battle. Um, and we'll see how much South Carolina has approved, but I'm with you. I, I like tech in this game to get things started, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. So after that game, the game Cox will play in the Arizona tip off game one for South Carolina. They are playing the Virginia military Institute, AKA VMI. And that game will be in Columbia. And then they finally head to Arizona as part of this event. And in Phoenix, they will play DePaul in game one. And in game two, they will either face Grand Canyon or San Francisco or San Francisco thoughts on the MTE. I will throw this out there. Should South Carolina play Grand Canyon, the Antelopes are ranked the number one mid-major team in the country, according to the resource Nexus. Maddie, yeah, I was gonna say, I think this is going to be an interesting opportunity for fans to see um, some decent teams outside of the SEC that aren't exactly on everybody's radar. You know, I think DePaul was pretty decent last year. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, Grand Canyon um, and then San Francisco. Um, saw a couple of games on theirs on the fun little ESPN Plus that gives you whatever games most people don't want to watch. <laughs> but I feel like, um, you know, South Carolina doesn't come in first or at least going to come in second here. Yeah, I, I, can, I can buy a second place finish. Um, you know, I, I think Grand Canyon is going to be that game 
that if you were to lose one, everyone would freak out that you lost a Grand Canyon without knowing that Grand Canyon's a good basketball team or expected to be a good basketball team this season. I think that would be the freak out moment. Um, I believe they're in the 70s somewhere on Kempom. I'd have to double check that, but they're they're not in a bad space. They played good last year. They're expected to be good again this year. Uh, according to Resource Nexus, they like them. They like the can. They like the uh, almost called them the cantaloupes. The, uh, the antelopes, yeah, the cantaloupes. Uh, the Grand Canyon antelopes a lot. So uh, I'm kind of thinking they might win this thing. Um, DePaul, not that good of a team. Like they're projected to be the worst team, I believe, in the Big East by several uh, different people out there. So this is that's a game South Carolina should have an opportunity to win and get a game one against a P6 opponent. Uh, what so, major D team, mid-major D team was I thinking of then, David? I, I don't know. Drexel, maybe? Drexel wasn't too bad last season. Like I, I know. It, was a, it was a DE start. I was like, DePaul sounds right. That's DePaul sounds, sounds right. It was not. <laughs> uh, maybe Old Dominion. Uh, I don't know. Like, there... There were a couple out there. Uh, Dayton, maybe Dayton. Dayton's normal. They they underperformed last season, but they're normally a good mid-major team. Um, but yeah, no, we all have those moments. Uh, DePaul, you know, Big East, uh, bottom bottom of the barrel of the Big East right now. San Francisco, I would expect probably somewhere if I'm taking a guess without looking too hard at the WD, WCC, since that's not a conference we follow in our mid-major coverage. I would expect them to finish somewhere around the top six in the WCC. So a decent basketball team. Uh, of course, they made a couple of made a tournament in the, a couple of years ago. And of course, that coach is now coaching the Florida Gators. Um, so, you know, Todd Golden, if anybody doesn't know who that is. Um, but yeah, that's it. And that's not has not been a bad program and historically is a pretty good one there in that conference. Um, everybody knows Gonzaga from the WCC, but San Francisco is one of the, you know, root teams there or the uh, more what you expect out of that conference team. Um, but yeah, so it's not a bad field. It's not a bad field. And I think South Carolina can play in it. We'll just see how high they can fly in this thing because like they got a chance to win some good basketball games, a couple at a neutral site. It's just a weird MTE. The fact your first game is at home. I always find those MTEs kind of strange that they're playing VMI and it's technically part of this. Um, but whatever, really, I, I guess that's just how it is. Uh, all right. So South Carolina will be home against Notre Dame in the ACC SEC challenge. Irish got a new coach in the name of Micah Shrewsbury. Uh, that's the guy who had Penn State so hot last season. Now, Notre Dame not expected to be a great team in the ACC. So, Maddie, what do you think about this matchup in the ACC SEC challenge? You know, we've talked about it time and time again, ACC, SEC Challenge. I felt like did a pretty good job at matching talent levels. And I think that's the same case here with the South Carolina Notre Dame game. Um, first year coach against second year coach, kind of going to be a battle of the wits, I think. And just see who's got more talent on their bench. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you uh, again. I don't know what it is. But, like, people did not like the draws for the ACC-SEC challenge. Mostly, though, I think it was Alabama fans who had the biggest problem with it um, because they drew Clemson, which, to me, yeah, that one doesn't seem like the best matchup in the ACC-SEC challenge. But you're right. Overall, I think most of these teams, with their expectations and where they are in each other's conference, like, for the most part, these games are going to be better than what I think people may have got that feeling from. They may have not have been the games you wanted, but, like, I think when we look at this down the road, they're going to be like, okay, this was actually fairly comparable when you look at the standings. Um, we'll see. There might be some teams that totally outclass the other teams 
in here, but I, I don't necessarily think this is going to be one of those. Um, Shrewsbury was not a bad coach. A uh, couple of names to know for this for the ACC SEC challenge. Uh, Marcus Burton, Julian Roper, uh, Harry Booth, a um, couple of names for Notre Dame. Of course, they did lose one very big-time player uh, to Vanderbilt uh, this transfer portal season. Can't think of the name. Looper, you talked about him in your top five. The name's not coming to my head right now. I, I know who it is. I know who it is. And the Irish lost him. Uh, Lubin. Lubin. Not Looper. Uh, Van Allen Lubin. Yeah, Van, Al- okay, Van Allen Lubin. Looper. Yeah, it was like, who's Looper? Uh, yeah, Van Allen Lubin. Uh, yeah. But also on the short list for one of the best names in the SEC. Yeah, also on the short list, uh, right It'll there. Be with fun you. To say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't think the Irish are going to particularly be the most difficult team in the world. So they're at home. So I'm going with South Carolina, is kind of my vibe in this. So we'll see how it goes. SEC, S- SEC, ACC challenge. Um, that'll be a big one to wrap up the month of November. So Carolina then stays at home plays George Washington, then they got the big one. Gamecocks will face bitter rival Clemson. Maddie, how do you see this game? Last year, I do believe South Carolina beat Clemson. I don't know. You know, it's one of those, the rivalry's always going to put a big question mark on it. But ah, it it's going to be a hard-fought one. I think Clemson's a little bit better this year than they were last year. Kind of the same case with South Carolina. Um, I really think it's going to be one of those games that comes down to the wire, but South Carolina might win this one. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite direction here from you, and I'm going to say Clemson wins this one. Um, Last year, South Carolina beats Clemson by two. Um, Yeah, I looked it up. It was 60-58 in that game. It's a long time ago since that one, almost a year now, but I'm still glad I kind of remembered that. Um, But South Carolina, I don't think is going to be at quite the same level as as um, as Clemson's going to be. South, South Clemson's projected to be the number five team in the ACC by Rothstein. Um, They were not too far away from making the tournament last season. Um, and then, as far as players go, you know the big one that you got to mention is PJ Hall's back for Clemson. Um, really good big man. Um, for the Tigers. So I think that's going to be a really tough battle, but I'm, I'm getting the vibe that maybe Clemson gets a little revenge for uh, South Carolina stealing one last year from them. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, that's going to be a tough game, tough game overall. And it's going to be a hard fought battle there in the Palmetto series. You know, when you get rivals together, a lot of times you get to throw stats out the window. So if the South Carolina team's hot enough, throw stats out the window and we'll see how it goes because like, you know, South Carolina is at home. And you have a better chance to be at a good team when you're at home than playing at their building a lot of the times. All right. So Carolina has one more game of note uh, before the season or before the non-conference schedule wraps up. They head to Greenville, North Carolina to play East Carolina. They lost there last year or they lost to ECU last year. Uh, This year, ECU is expected to be the fifth best team in the AAC. Maddie, your thoughts on this game? I think this one's going to be pretty similar to the Clemson game. You've got a lot, I don't want to say rivalry in there, but you've got kind of that proximity rivalry, if if you want to say that. Recruiting um, the same players, yeah. Yeah. Um, like you said, recruiting more right there, I think is going to be a big thing. And the fact that they have to go on the road, you know, not many kind of new teams with so many fresh faces and, having to mesh in that uh, first season together 
on the road is going to be a lot harder um, to to take a win there. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at ECU's roster. Seven, um, they've got seven players who are upperclassmen on this roster for East Carolina. Um, finishing fifth in the AAC, it while it's no probably no longer considered a power conference by many. Um, with the teams that moved out of that conference, I would say that East Carolina finishing fifth still isn't bad when you look at the first two ones um, being FAU and then Memphis, who are expected to make the tournament. And then you got number three, Tulane, who's expected to be a pretty darn good basketball team. Uh, and then number four being UAB, who's probably comparable to ECU. Um, like, this is going to be a toss up for me. Like, I do think South Carolina is going to be a better team than what they were last year. Um, while this may be a tougher fought battle, it, it, it may be just a situation where East Carolina um, doesn't have the firepower to keep up with some of these transfers that South Carolina brought in. So this game is on the road, but it, it's not the over. I'm going to I'm going to pause here and apologize to our friends from the Boneyard podcast um, for who cover East uh, Carolina basketball on variety sports. But I'm going to say this not quite the best home court advantage you've ever seen uh, there in Greenville. Oh, they just, they're keeping that clip right now and they're going to put that on their show and, you know, they're going to blast me all throughout that week. And it's like, we better beat South Carolina now. So I apologize game for fans for saying that, but I I'm favoring South Carolina with a chance to get a road win here uh, and probably get one of the better wins they have on their resume this season. If East Carolina is where they should be in the net. So we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of digging South Carolina. It's a close enough game where it's going to be hard to call, um, at this point until we see basketball before that. I think that's close enough, um, to be kind of rough on that one. All right. So Carolina finishes out its non-conference schedule out against Charleston Southern Winthrop, Elon and Florida A&M. Maddie, you see any speed bumps in this? You know, maybe a hangover game here or there just based on, you know, time of the year, uh, mixed with going back and forth on the road. Ah, maybe Florida A&M throws up. I think the tough one here for me is Winthrop. I was going to say, they. I remember watching them a few times against, I think they played two or three SEC teams last year in the preseason, and they they put up decent competition. Consistently good team um, in their conference there in the Big South. They're not projected to be the number one team in the Big South, but they're up there this season. Um, right now, most of the models I look at favor UNC Asheville to win it again, but Winthrop still right there toward the best in that conference. So um, could be a problem, child, there, especially because this is at the end of December when students go home. And if you had some tough games, you know, like... That's the time that someone steals a game from you and it doesn't feel right. Go ask uh, the following teams about that. Texas A&M and Ole Miss last season when they lost to some mid-majors and they were scheduling some halfway decent competition. So, you know, good mid-major. We'll see how it plays out. I think South Carolina, like why this might be a tougher game that they have unexpectedly, they should still win it. Um, but keep an eye on that one. That That's the one that I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like where you have that team scheduled. <laughs> All right. Let's turn to the conference schedule. So Gamecocks getting Georgia twice, Ole Miss twice, Missouri twice, Mississippi State twice, and Tennessee twice. Then at home, they got Florida, Kentucky, LSU, and Vanderbilt. 
And then on the road, they got Alabama, Arkansas. So everybody sing the song. Uh, Auburn and Texas A&M. Maddie, thoughts on the conference schedule? You know, as as well as I would love South Carolina just to come out and shock everybody because who doesn't love a good underdog story? It's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Look at the road <laughs> slate. Alabama, Arkansas, da, 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 yeah, and Auburn, <laughs> who are all going to be like, people may be all over the place in their power rankings, but those are top six, seven teams in the ACC. In Texas A&M too. Texas A&M. All amongst some of the best of the SEC. You're going to be on the road at least, one, you know, one time to play Texas, uh, Tennessee. And then you're going to be at home to play Tennessee, which is going to be rough one way or the other. That's probably right now everybody's favorite coming into the season is Texas or is Tennessee. Y- yikes. Like, they did not catch a break here. Um, Kentucky, you know, is going to be looking for revenge. At least Cal Perry is. Um, you know, so like n- nothing good. That is a brutal schedule. That is, we talked about Ole Miss having a seriously favorable schedule. I don't like this for South Carolina. <laughs> that looks painful. Like, I, I could not, I mean, like, if you were a, a slightly better team, oh, yeah, I'm here for it. Like, yeah, oh, look at these teams I get on the road that won't hurt my net that bad um, and that I have a chance maybe to steal a game from. For this, ouch. Like, you know, like, if you're not a team that's going to be necessarily looking for the NCAA tournament, yeah, that's pain. That is all pain on the road because Coleman, Bud Walton, Neville, Reed, um, Food City, aka TBA, The Hump, Mizzou Arena. Uh, yeah, not fun. Not fun. That is a rough, rough schedule. At least you got LSU at home and, and Vanderbilt. So uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. Let's look at the numbers. Um, I've got the win total at Maddie. This is so sad. 13 and a half. Are you over or under that number? Now, no, that two, that is a two to three game improvement uh, for the Gamecocks from last season. I'm going to go under, but not by much. I think they get 13 wins this season. Okay. 13 wins. That's even if I went over, it's still 14 wins. And that's not, uh, (laughs) that's not exactly a vote of confidence. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll choose optimism here and I'll go over. I don't care if I'm right or wrong, really. I'll just I'll choose optimism because like, ouch, uh, that conference is brutal. It's brutal. Um, we're going to we're going to see how it goes, though. But I, I, again, I think they're going to be better despite they, they won't be what their record is. They won't mm-hmm. be what their record is, because I think if you took South Carolina out of the SEC this year and went and put them in the American, maybe they're a top five team in the American. Like or, you know, somewhere along that. That's improvement from last season. So. Don't 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 look at South Carolina's record and go, gosh, they're bad. Then watch their basketball. Watch how much better they play, because like I think they're going to be a better team even without Gigi Jackson. So, like, yeah, I, I think South Carolina is going to be fine um, overall. So it may be a rough season, but you, you, improvement is there. Uh, that's that's my, what I think we're all taking away from this. All right, Maddie, what is your four? Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I mean, we've talked about it time and time again, the SEC is getting so much better. So, I mean, you still may be the worst team, but in the best conference. So that gives you a little something, right? Oh, I mean, like, look at it. I, I, right now, I'm not calling the SEC the best conference, but we talked about how much better the SEC was all offseason this season. Like, everybody got better. 
mm-hmm. for the most part. Every I'd say like 12 out of the 14 teams got better uh, this season. I think South Carolina is one of the teams that got better. I just don't think they got better enough, um, you know, compared to everybody else. But like, you know, we, we saw the AP drop Monday. There were five teams from the SEC in the AP top 25. That's the most out of all conferences. Kim Palm dropped on Sunday. The SEC had six teams in Kim Palm's top 25. That's the most. Torvik had six, six SEC teams in the top 25. That's the most. While the Big 12 might still be the best conference, like the models in the voters are starting to say SEC is pretty darn good. Everyone's taking notice now. The computers notice, the people notice. Um, like SEC basketball is better. So this is going to be a long road for South Carolina. It may be painful, but I, I still think they're a better basketball team. All right, now let's talk about, expe- you know, like we're there. Like, let's talk about expectations. Maddie, where's your floor? Where's your ceiling? What are you expecting out of South Carolina? I mean, if we're going to be honest with the bar being set so low, I'm not really sure that you can set a floor. Obviously, I think they got better. I mean, here the floor is like a trampoline park. Any step is bouncy and it gets you closer to skyrocketing. So I think the ceiling here is obvious growth, probably finishing maybe 10 or 11 if they sneak in some games and take some wins that they're not supposed to. Um, But I I really think the expectation is they're going to be better than they were last season and we're – going to be able to see a future for them in the SEC after the season of basketball. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Floor for me, super bad. Um, Ceiling, not bad. Expectation, not good, but improving. Um, like that, that, like that's, that's the cut and dry. Look, I think South Carolina fans understand where they are right now. It's year two in an absolute total rebuild. They got some key guys transferring in. They're returning guys that can raise your ceiling. Maybe you could catch fire and go to the NIT. That might be the actual ceiling. Uh, but this team is still not great compared to everybody else. It's still a long process. I think they did a good job. Uh, I think Lamont Paris is doing his job to continue this team forward. Um, so Again, I think if you put South Carolina in another conference, they do pretty well. Um, you know, if you put them in a weaker conference, if you put them in the Atlantic 10, they might win the dang thing. Um, but they're not there yet. They're not in those conferences. Um, and like they're not in that level yet of the SEC with everybody else. So instead, they're going to be an improved team playing in this conference with teams that have improved around them even more. Uh, nothing is going to come easy, but you could have a return of some optimism this year. Um, you know, like it was dormant last year. Like there was no really care for basketball because of where you were in the process of all this. I think this year we're starting, we'll get to the point where we'll start seeing some optimism returning. Like, hey, next year we're going to be really good. Hey, you know, going forward, like things are looking right. So like, I think that's what could happen. So like, I'm while I might be over here preaching doom, I am preaching the promised land to come as well. You know, like, you know, so don't take this as the end of all South Carolina basketball just because it's year two and things aren't maybe where you want them to be yet as a fan. Year three probably will be more promising. Um, you know, year four, year five, we'll see how it goes. You get some transfers in that, you know, you show what you can do this season and show how much better you're getting. You know, I think the ceiling starts raising every season for South Carolina because Lamont Paris at Chattanooga was a very good coach. So I think South Carolina made a good hire. It's just a matter now of getting this team put together and continuing to raise your expectations every season. So while the expectations might be low here, return optimism. 
return of optimism is what I'm feeling for South Carolina. All right. So next time we are talking about the Tennessee Volunteers. High expectations for them this season. Uh, we're talking to the guys from the Section YY8 uh, about this season and Tennessee basketball. So we'll catch you guys next time. Please like and subscribe to the channel. If you weren't all bummed out by the doom and gloom we were preaching over here on South Carolina, again, return to optimism. There's a promised land to come. Um, but please like and subscribe to the channel. Follow us anywhere you get podcasts, and we'll check you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Have a good week.